Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, the legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are doing our season one, well book one, air, wrap up for the legend of Korra. And uh, also before I forget, just at the top of the show, because of some like real life scheduling stuff, we're going to take the next few days off. So we will be back next week to do Legend of Korra book two, Spirits, but not until Thursday. So y'all have some free days off. Enjoy. And we'll reconvene. I'll, I'll make sure that next Thursday I, I tweet the link again. Um, so we'll have to watch out for Zoom Bombers. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a few days off before we get going again. But I, th- I think that's good because it'll give us some time to think about and reflect on this season before we dive in with season too. We've had a lot of thoughts about, you know, like, you know, we, a lot of disappointment with the finale yesterday, but I think in general, we've been pretty positive about the season. So Allison, I'm going to throw it to you first. What has your been, uh, your experience with Legend of Korra been like so far as a first time viewer? You know, I'm really glad for this extra time, actually, because I think, um, Cora had so many things, the first season anyway, the first book, had so many things that I didn't know I wanted. Um, but the one thing that it didn't have that I definitely needed was just time. Like I just needed time and space within the show. Uh, and there just isn't it. Like there are no places to breathe. And that's, you need those in an action movie to say nothing of a television show. Now, granted, you know, when you're watching week to week, that experience might be a little different, but that's not the reality of the world right now. Um, And even so, it's not as though I watched them all in one sitting. So there were some gaps, and yet I still just wound up feeling a little exhausted, and it's a little bit hard to recall what happens in what episode, which to me is always a hallmark of a show that's a little bit overstuffed. Um, I I love the episode as an art form, right? Like I love a well-constructed episode and there are some very well-constructed episodes here, but they blur together because there's just so much and it never stops. It just doesn't stop to breathe. So I'm really glad that there's going to be a sort of extended break for us so that I can kind of reflect and pull things together in my mind. and it is frustrating to me that that is my biggest takeaway at this point, but it's, but it was a problem throughout the season that just got underlined, like, like you're writing a note in seventh grade and you want to make it clear that you think that like Travis Johnson is really, really hot. So you underline the really like seven times. <laughs> That's what this finale did to me with the problems of this season is it was like, nope, it's really, 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 really overstuffed. And not particularly well paced, um, which is in contract to the contrast to some of the individual episodes and lots of the individual acts, which are expertly paced. So, um, so yeah, I, as much as I enjoyed this first season, I really did. It's hard for me to not sort of linger in that place of frustration at the moment. Yeah. I'm in a similar place. Noel, how's it been for you? Yeah, it was interesting to revisit it and see that, all the flaws are still there. Everything that Allison enumerated, so I don't want to rehash it. Um, instead, I do want to refocus on what I think that this season does really well, which is evolve the world that they had created. Um, particularly with that 70-year jump into a 
more heavily industrialized world um, and specifically located around Republic City um, that we get this like world in which what does it mean to be a vendor basically um, and what does it mean to be the avatar like do we need an avatar in this like stage of the world and it's a really interesting sort of question that the show kind of pushes at with the season with Amon's whole um, energy bending of do you need benders anymore what does it what what does that mean in a melting pot sort of society that we're sort of constructing here even though everyone still dresses along the same lines of their original nationality, um, just for clarity's sake. Uh, I mean, you have an entire gang called the Triple Threat Triad, not because they can sing, dance, and act, but because they come from the three extant bending schools, as opposed to the Aeronomads, who are four people. Um, so it just, there's a lot of like really interesting nooks and crannies that they kind of deal with a little bit in terms of, the assumption of bending as a power to rule almost because again all the council members are benders in republic city which is a weird thing but historically also not true so what evolved over that course of time so i think that there's a lot of really good world building um within the confines of the show and I really appreciate the season for that. Um, the other thing I think that's worth noting is that it's just animated to hell and back. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. Studio Mirror just knocked it out of the park. Um, it just looks really good. It's really moody. It's really atmospheric. Um, it's really painterly without being painterly. Um, I, I say this is both a positive and negative, like especially like the morning scenes reminded me of like good versions of Thomas Kincaid scenes. <laughs> um, not bad versions, the good, good conceptualizations of Thomas Kincaid concepts, right? Painter um, light. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think that even if like some of the storytelling and the narrative doesn't quite fit in part because they were really going for one and one and done sort of an approach. It's still really gorgeous to look at. It's really fluidly animated. And they did a really, they took, because they had all this time, they took, they took the, it gave them the time to do really cool things and really artistic things that you wouldn't have necessarily been able to do on the kind of schedule that, last airbender had where you had to have something ready each year. Um, whereas this, there's like, it's just one, we can take our time basically with it. And it shows and it shows. Um, but everything about the direction and the storyboarding in this season is just ridiculous. So I think between the world building and the animation, we ended up with something pretty special. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I feel about it um, on a positive side, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I forgot to ask Allison, so I'll ask both of you. Um, favorite episode, favorite new character, favorite animal. These are important conversations that need to be had. So where are you guys at? With well, those? I want Noel to go first, but I have some clarifying questions. So first of all, um, do new characters include grown versions of characters we already know? Sure, I, I think we can allow that because it's it's. Okay. New... I mean, I'm not gonna choose Grandma Katara, but she's yeah. amazing. Um, okay, that's question one. Two, uh, animals category types or animals category characters? 
Both. Okay. Um, then I want to defer to Noel first so that I can think for a second. Okay. Noel, you're up. Okay. Um, so Pabu, her favorite animal, because how could you not choose Pabu? Because you could choose Naga. You could choose Naga. Naga's pretty great. Um, but you'd but be wrong if it's Pabu. You'd be wrong. But I mean, <laughs> It's a very close one and two. And, yeah, you, know, you wouldn't but... be very wrong, but you'd be just a little wrong. Um, Marcus's team Naga, which I'm very pleased with. Um, woof, that poor lieutenant. Just... Um, <laughs> favorite episode I is definitely still and the winner is. Um, I think I appreciate it even more after discussing it with the two of you um than I did back in 2012 or whenever this originally aired and I really loved it in 2012 um so and the winner is is definitely like up there um for me and moment I mean I'm gonna take Allison's and just go when we meet Asami for the first time and she does the hair whip it's <laughs> pretty great no um favorite moment you know I'm gonna have to go with anytime Tenzin overreacts to something. Okay. Um, just anytime, because J.K. Simmons nails that vocal level, but then the animation of how like they just make his face so red, or embarrassed, or like slightly outraged, um, like his whole "Don't you bring my mother into this?" Um, it's just so wonderful because you know that just happened a lot. Um, so yeah, yeah. As for favorite character. Um, yeah, no, it's Tenzin. It's Tenzin. Um, spoiler alert, it is almost always Tenzin for the rest <laughs> of the show. Um, but yeah, Tenzin's, Tenzin's just so good. And J.K. Simmons' vocal performance is really great. Um, Lin Beifong is a very close second. But um, yeah, it's Tenzin. Korra's third, though. I really like Korra a lot more on this rewatch, I think, um, in terms of really appreciating what they were doing. Um, but yeah, Tenzin's just so great. Mm -hmm. I love him. Anyway, so yeah, that's me. I think if you're going to go with moments of overreaction for, like, best moments, and it's not an overreaction, let's be very clear. I think you have to go with, um, did you know that Cora likes Mako? And, and then, like, the response, you know, like, I feel like those are two very, I was like, oh, Agatsuko. Uh, just, yes. you know, earlier. Um, Allison, do you have your answers yet? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I This way, I also get to choose things that are a little different from Knowles, which is good, because we agree on a lot of things, but I can it's close enough that I can change it up. Um, I am, however, incapable of choosing Naga as much as I would like to, um, although I think we'll, re we'll return to her, because obviously the correct answer is Pabu. The correct answer would have been Pabu even without the noodle belly, but I've been thinking about that moment every time that I've been like, this week sucks today sucks everything sucks noodle belly and then it like and then everything is slightly better um so pabu uh my favorite episode there are a couple that i like about equally um but i think i'm gonna have to go with turning the tides uh which is maybe not the most complex throughout, but it's just so well constructed um, that it is. I'm still sort of dazzled by it, even after being pretty let down by the finale. Um, just incredible. Um, my favorite animal that's not a character. I guess we didn't really meet that many new ones, yeah. did we? Not a lot. There was like a cool like ostrich pony. Or something that was cool. Um, 
my favorite character, I uh, am just going to follow my heart and admit and speak my truth, which is, I'm just going to say Lin Beifong. Like I just, I just have to, yeah. I think Tenzin is great and I'm looking forward to getting to know him better, but Noel, it feels to me a little bit like maybe you've got some future knowledge that I do not. Um, and oh. that- a little bit, but not like a lot, a lot. Okay. Um, I can't say anything else without kind of spoiling things. Um, but Aren't you I, thirsty? No, I'm not. I am thirsty, <laughs> actually, but that's because I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I really like Tenzin. I also really like Korra. Um, but the finale does enough wrong by Korra in terms of passing up some great character opportunities that it feels like I can't really pick her. Uh, Lynn, on the other hand, it's incredibly efficient storytelling. Um, I feel like I know her very, very well, despite the fact that we don't spend all that much time with her. Um, as for my favorite moment, uh, we'll go, we'll go with a, sort of a tie um, with one being the, end that like last dazzling fight sequence in and the winner is um as like our amazing lynn moment um and the other being uh uh two naga moments three-way tie forgive me <laughs> two different naga moments the first being naga punching the guy out of mustache guy out of the air and the per the perfection of like mustache guy boom just just perfect just yum 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 yum, yum delicious amazing Whom loved it. Uh, And the other being the founding of new team avatar and their yip yip moment resulting in them just falling and then going to the Batmobile instead. That was such a satisfying piece of like combined good storytelling, fan service. This isn't your father's avatar. Like all of that stuff together, I think just came for a, a lovely tiny little visual joke that led into an incredible car chase. Um, Am I forgetting anything? Those are the things, right? Yeah, those are the main things. Yeah. Okay. I'm very into that. And I didn't care about the love triangle. Oh, you know what? Honorable mention for favorite moment is when the giant like mecha bot or whatever it is, I don't remember quite what it is that that Naga ends up, another Naga moment, that Naga ends up taking out. But when that thing slides over to Bolin's face and then he goes, whoa! <laughs> it's just, it just, it remains a delight. It's just the best. I loved it. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, then now, Marcus, I'm going to throw it over to you. And remind us, had you seen Legend of Korra before this, or are you new to the show? I'm new to the show. Okay. And uh, what did you think about season one? I overall enjoyed it. I think I'm going to agree with a lot of what was said already in that the pacing was off. Like, I really, really enjoyed the first half and how they're setting things up and had an interesting world that they... uh, made and changed from avatar like you definitely feel like it's progressed and then they just went very heavy into plot over the last half and it wasn't as good Mm -hmm. as i was hoping it would be a lot of the interesting nuance i think that they had early on with like the equalist versus bender thing i feel like a lot of that almost got sidelined just for Amon to have an army, but a lot of like his political motivations behind it were kind of dropped in favor of the uh, just good versus evil kind of conflict. It kind of stripped away a lot of that nuance. And they did seem to have quite a few missed opportunities in terms of like Tarlock with Amon. And like, if they were working together, 
it would be such an interesting way to go for it. And so it feels like there's just a lot of missed opportunities there. Yeah. But I think the production values were really, really good. Um, like this looks better than Avatar. Um, you can really tell they invested a lot of money into it. And yeah, it was, it was good. It sounds so pretty. I'm going to miss this music. <laughs> the music is not as good in the future seasons. They do not have as much money for it. <sighs> Do you have a favorite character, favorite animal? I know you mentioned your Team Naga. I am Team Naga. Um, I think one of the things, well, polar bears and dogs are both cool. So having a polar bear dog is in general just cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I really appreciate, I feel like this is what they should have a pet do. I always was frustrated by the use of Appa in Avatar where it, there is either just too much misery and pain or he was a taxi, whereas I think they really got uh, Naga a right amount of being a little bit of a taxi, but more just having some hero moments and fights and everything. And, well, Keenan disagrees with me about Appa, but I like Appa. I just think they could have used him better. Like For, for the listener's benefit, uh, Keenan says, sorry about how wrong you are about Appa, Marcus. That's okay. It's all good. It's all good. We can have an umbrella of opinions about Appa. Oh, and now Allison's hugging her Appa. Hold on. Let me cover his ears. I don't want him to have to hear this. (laughs) But please continue, Marcus. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like they got the right amount of use for Naga there. And because he has his like practical taxi moments. So they definitely subverted it at a few times, which is really nice. And then he got his moments, um, like his roar into Tano's face. And then he also gets his hero moments of like swatting the lieutenant or taking out one of those mech things. So it's, I really appreciate what uh, they got him to do or her to do. I'm not sure if it's a... Yeah, it's a her. Um, but we haven't talked about Naga Metal Bender, and that's a pretty great moment too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I can't metal band. Naga can. Yay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character? Have you decided where you're at with, you know, everybody else? Um, I'm going to also say the three that were mentioned. It's like, I, I really appreciate what uh, Lynn got to do in the little time she had. I was really hoping there'd be a little more for between uh, what the... 10th episode, whatever the name of that one was, and the finale when she got her powers back, there's basically very little of her without powers. Um, Tenzin was also really great and just very consistent in terms of being uh, between also being a badass and being kind of like just a frustrated teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite overall is probably Korra. Um, I really appreciate they they really knew what they had and wanted. Like she's a very defined personality and that's very different from say Aang. And I, I like her more than I liked Aang. I think she's more interesting. And it's kind of a difference between like Avatar and Korra. Whereas I appreciate Korra more than all her friends 
versus um, the Avatar, where uh, I liked all her friends more than I liked the Avatar. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a neat inverse there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, any final thoughts? Any other moments or episodes you want to shout out? I think I'm also going to say, uh, and the winner is, is my favorite episode because that's still in the buildup phase and rightly paced. And it has the really crazy uh, final act with Lynn and everything. And it didn't suffer the rushed content or whatever at the, the last half it did. So I'm going to say that one. Okay, great. Any hopes for season two or book two? I'm hoping that they find a better pace to build out the world and continue with some of the threads that kind of got lost along the way during their plot rush so things like i would i would imagine the benders versus non-benders issues should still be there considering all that happened was they revealed the leader could bend and this big fight ended but it feels like all those problems should still be there so i'm hoping that they'll still deal with that okay um yeah so we'll see how that goes I won't say anything. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Marcus. Um, thank you for following along with us all, all season. It's been super fun having you in the chat. I'm going to throw it over to Keenan now. So, Keenan, again, this is your first time through uh, The Legend of Korra. Why, hello. It's a Gus, listeners. Yes. yes, my cat Gus is actually on the Zoom today. Hey, mm. bud. Um, Look at that cozy. Him in peace. He doesn't like the sound of my voice, so he's about to leave. Um, this was my first time watching Legend of Korra. Uh, it was a, just astonishingly emotional. I had a lot of feelings about characters and plot. And it was interesting because I texted Allison right when I finished the finale that was like, oh, they're once again, they're all my sweet, precious children. I love them all. They did it. I'm so proud of them. And then same thing as I think you all expressed in the finale podcast episode, there was sort of the initial response followed by not that long after being like, well, now, wait a second. Um, Wait a minute. I I have more thoughts and feelings. And I feel that way a little bit about the season as a whole. It was very, um, considering how very invested I was in all of my children from Avatar The Last Airbender, coming into the new world, having the time jump not being given information about all of my sweet past children, meeting my current children. (laughs) Like there were lots of feelings. And I, the, the finale kind of kept that going. I was so worried about Cora. I was so excited to meet General Iroh and was waiting the whole time to see like when we were going to get, um, some personality, (laughs) learn what was going on with this character and why they brought this voice actor back. And like, because you immediately love him as soon as he opens his mouth and also his Prince Eric outfit. Um, But then he had like six lines and they were just sort of generic plot moving lines. Like, oh, I sent a wire. Knock those guys down. I'll drive the plane. Like very basic fact-based statements as opposed to... um, my all-time favorite Zuko line, which was from Ember Island Players, which was something like, they make me look totally flat and humorless or something, which <laughs> is my baby. Um, so I kind of had that 
response to the season as a whole. I really, really enjoyed lots of it. I think they're playing with some very interesting, very troubling ideas. Um, you know, there's uh, looking back on the end of the season, I had talked in an earlier episode about how interesting it was to see an avatar who is in some ways much safer and stronger than Aang ever was, but is in other ways much more vulnerable than he ever was. And they really kind of brought that back around when you realize like Tenzin and his precious family are still very vulnerable. They are still the only airbenders. Um, and three of them are tiny children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, they, it just wasn't as cohesive or whole a season as I think some of the Avatar, the last airbender seasons were. And I, I did think the start of it, it was kind of great how quickly they threw you in. You know, I'm the Avatar, deal with it. That's all we need. We know who Korra is now. Um, I liked that she was such a physical person. I liked that she was so action-oriented. I liked that she just dove in and we, along with her, got right into Republic City and um, right into meeting new people. Bang, bang, bang. Like, it was really good stuff. But I kept waiting. I, think, I feel like maybe if it had been a 15-episode season instead of a 12-episode season, or even 14 episodes, I, I would have a different perspective on kind of how the last act played out because I really liked parts of it. And I seem to be standing up for Avatar's more um, kind of rote storytelling elements in that I actually kind of didn't mind that Ozai wasn't an interesting villain. Um, mm -hmm. He was still like a big angry ball of just bad guy. Um, and I also didn't mind... Ang's deus ex machina here's your bending back um i found that really moving and i found it really powerful and i it for me it communicated yes it's taken cora uh, much longer to access her air bending and her connection to the spirit world but just like uh she did with her other bending qualities once she accesses it she accesses it hard um mm -hmm. and so like that i didn't mind so much that um you know, her first time in the spirit world, she makes, meets Aang and he gives her the um, turtle lion airbending back. I wish we had had some more time, as always. Like, it was a little too quick. Um, and I still have questions about, like, blood bending and water bending. I understand the connection there. I don't understand the connection between being a really powerful bloodbender and being able to energy bend. And when you bend the energy away, where does it go? And does this mean the avatar can give everybody their bending back? Like, I'm just, hopefully these questions will be answered. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I left, I left with questions. But Don't overall, I really like it. I want to see more. It makes do, sense. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like time travel. Don't think about it too hard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I wanted some more time with some of our characters. I I really thought we were going to have a much more rich and extended, I guess flashback is the only word for it, even though I was kind of annoyed with some of the flashbacks here because they were so fast and just like, here's some plot you need. You need this information. Here you go. But I really did think we were going to get a little more time to see our former buddies as grown-ups and kind of see how we got to 70 years later instead of just doing a, like, here you are, 70 years, bye. Hmm. Um, no history for you. So I hope we get a little bit of more of that in future seasons. Okay. Uh, anything else you're hoping for in season two? Um, more animals. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of. Oh, um, I mean, God. Between the bath and the noodle belly, Pabu really just knocked it out of the park. But I have, in, in the same way that I very much want a dire wolf, I really want a polar bear dog. And mm-hmm. Naga, she is just crushing it. She's doing such a good job at being a polar bear dog. Ah, I want her to live her best life. She's doing great. I would like to see more air bison because it's truly jarring. I, I think the avatar can fly all the time. And I have to keep reminding myself that that's not Cora's deal. She doesn't do that. But it's very thrilling. Oh, shoot. I just thought of something. And then it's the world's least interesting love triangle. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to fix it. Good gravy. Now, listen, I, I was initially on board with the boys, and then I got more on board with one of them and increasingly just like a kick him out of team avatar about another one. And the one who can stay forever is the himbo of our dreams, Bolin. And the <laughs> one who's got to go is Mako, who was being such a jerk for no reason. And Cora was like, I love you. And I was like, oh, why? We barely know him. There's no person that, why? Oh. Can stay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Keenan, for your thoughts. Uh, any thoughts on the fashions? Of- oh, um, well, I have already uh, expressed my admiration for Asami and her very modern, very urban, very like up to date ensembles. Um, all of her coats are great. Her hair is enviable. She is absolutely animated, like a Disney villain. And I keep it's it's I'm always pleasant that alone is kind of doing character development work for her because every time she's not an evil villain doing like a deep breathy arch heel turn I'm like a funny a good person even though all she has said is okay or you know whatever Mm -hmm. um so I really like her stuff um I like how strong Cora is like it's just another um another point of emphasis on her as a very very physical person and a very physically powerful person um so I I kind of like that she's always like ready for action in her costumes but we've mostly with the exception of the training um in the was that the northern water tribe where she was training Noel or the southern water tribe southern northern 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 I think it was the southern because that's because her parents were there and they're from the southern water tribe oh okay yeah except for that we've only seen like the most urban environment in this new world. I'm assuming the most urban environment. So I'd be curious to see like what modernity looks like outside of the city, outside of Republic City. And um, totally dug General General Iroh's Prince Eric does. Like I'm a <laughs> sucker for that. It worked. It was great. But we got to have more of him. Yeah. Yeah. And as Marcus says, it. Uh, what does Bossing say look like right now? Like I want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, you will get some and most of those questions answered at various points in the show's run. So congratulations. Your description of Asami as animated like a Disney villain um, just prompted me to think about uh, the connection that I'm making with her now is very, and not because of anything yet to come with the character, but just based on what we see in this season. It's so Lena Luthor, right? It's it's very Lena Luthor. Um, Very much so, yeah. But my frustrations with Lena Luthor over the past few seasons on Supergirl don't happen for Asami. So, like, don't worry, listeners. I don't want you to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, but the question is, do I get to ship Asami and Korra? This is television. You can ship whoever the hell you damn well please. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Come on. Uh, well, thank you, Keenan. Any final thoughts? 
Uh, I'm excited for season two, but I, like everyone else, am glad that if the show is not giving us time to breathe, we are giving ourselves time to breathe. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, well then, Noel and Allison, uh, well, first of all, a couple of comments from Marcus here, uh, who says, unless bending exists, maybe with the the energy bending thing, maybe it exists because there's like a blood vessel that connects something and that can be blocked by blood bending, um, which would be a bit of a retcon, but hey, you know, they never, ex- the lion turtle didn't really go into depth, so they can do whatever they want. Um, Marcus also wished we found out more of what happened to the Avatar characters, and the love triangle is a big reason that he didn't like the friend characters. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Naga and Pabu shipping. I, I mean, that seems like a bit much, but they are very cute when they're like, when Bowen's like, stay, and Naga's like, I'm not gonna stay. I was like, I'm just on, I'm here for the ride. I'm just on, on the nose, on Naga's nose. Um, well, Nolan Elson, uh, any, any final thoughts? Anything? I feel like the ending of the season has really tarnished a reflection on the rest of the season. Like, if this, if the, um, turning of the tides had somehow also included Amon, t- uh, taking Cora's uh, bending and her unlocking airbending, and that had been like the season finale, and then the last two episodes got a season. I feel like our take on the first season would be very different. <laughs> yeah, I think a perfect length for this season would have been like two episodes shorter in terms of what they cover and like five episodes longer in terms of the time they have. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I cannot think of a character with the exception of Lynn who couldn't have used, and that's just, and I want more time with Lynn, but who couldn't have used more development, all of them, all like, where is our Asami episode? Where is our exposition backstory episode? Where, like, I want all of the, I I want, uh, oh gosh, what's 22 short films about Bossing Say? What's that called? Tales, Tales of Bossing, Bossing Say, is that right? Okay. Um, Where's that episode? Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I think this season was missing. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, yeah. but that is fair enough. I I agree. I think cut off the end and then make the part that got shorter longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noel, any final thoughts? Or if not, I'm going to throw us to our first two episode titles for season two. Oh, let's give them plenty of time to stew over the first two episode titles. Okay, so first we have, uh, first of all, as we've said, it is book two, Spirits, and uh, episode one is Rebel Spirit, and episode two is The Southern Lights. So, thoughts? Mm. The Southern Lights is a, it's a camping episode. Okay. It's like the... It's like the the beach episode format that mm-hmm. Noel told us about, um, but for this, and it's Team Avatar goes camping as like a company retreat, um, and and then Cora and Asami have a conversation about how they should both just be done with fuckboys, <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, the first one was was Rebel Spirit. Um, Cora founds a David Bowie cover band and mm-hmm. um, uh, begins a, a lucrative side hustle um, doing wedding gigs um, and no one recognizes her because she draws a lightning bolt on her face. So that's what it takes. There you go. 
Okay, fair enough. Noel, anything you want to hint or tease about the upcoming season? Um, not particularly. I do want people to be prepared, though, visually. Um, mm-hmm. The first, like, half of the season is animated by a completely different studio. Um, so it's going, everything's going to look a little different, um, especially after, like, the first episode. Because uh, I think the first episode looks really good. Then it's just a little decline. It's a kind of a steady decline until, like, the halfway point. <laughs> um for various production reasons um but um yeah totally different uh, animation studio takes over for like half the season yeah so, so studio mirror turned down the job for season two because like, like guys season one almost killed us uh yeah. we're gonna do the boondocks instead yeah. um and then at about halfway through the season uh piero uh who which is the studio that took it over uh, just they needed they couldn't do it they needed help and so then they brought in mirror again and then season three and four were also animated by by mirror yeah yeah um the guy who runs Studio Mirror and directs, direct, co-directed all of season one uh, with Joaquin Dos Santos also came back because they were just like, oh no, this could tarnish our reputation basically. And he also did not want it to weigh down like other Korean animation studios. Um, so that's the reason they come back to do like everything from, they do eight and nine or seven and eight, and then they do 10 through 14. I think, but then yeah. like the first half of the season is all Studio Piero. Yeah. Um, like that's the thing. It seems like it should be like, oh, you're overreacting, but it's totally not because you're not. People are like, oh yeah, Ava, uh, Legend of Korra. Oh, that's that's Studio Mir, right? Why does it look so crappy this season? Because most people don't look up who's the animation studio and it, it has it changed between seasons. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so that is coming for us uh, next week. Looking forward to it. We will be back. Thank you to Keenan and Marcus for joining us today and sharing their thoughts on the season and joining us all season. And thank you everyone for listening. We will be back on Thursday. Bye. Bye. Bye.